Welcome to the Malt Whiskey Trail Podcast. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for joining. The Malt Whiskey Trail Podcast is produced every fortnight and is best enjoyed, responsibly of course, with a dram, the traditional measure of scotch. Our show notes can be found at www.maltwhiskeytrail.com, where you can also plan your trip to the world's only malt whiskey trail. Now, let's get into the show. Slanjava. today with Dennis Malcolm, who is the Master Distiller for Glen Grant. Thank you for joining me today. Malcolm, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do here at Glen Grant? Okay, I, uh, I'm Master Distiller now at Glen Grant, but I've, I started off as an apprentice cooper in 1961 uh, and have been here for 56 years. Before me was my father and my grandfather, so the founders the son of the founder, the major grant, employed my grandfather. So it was it was definitely on the cards where I would be when I, when I decided to start my working life. When I speak to people, I, people say to me, you've had a long history in the industry. Um, I jokingly say to them, I, I think I failed. Uh, because when I was a young boy, uh, I started out making casks, which I was amazing to think of a a container shape with no glue can hold in a liquid. And then I was more inquisitive, like most people are, young people, I wanted to learn more, so I learned the, went and trained in the, the process. Um, and then I decided I wanted to be in control of the, the distillery and run the distillery. And at that time, when I was about 24 years of age, I wanted to run the whole industry. The Glen Grant Distillery has been around for a long time. What can you tell us about its history and how it started? Two brothers, John and James, who founded the distillery in 1839, uh, opened it in 1840. Uh, they were distillers in Abelauer, with another two brothers at Abelauer Distillery, but they decided to build their own distillery in Rothes, so they were the first distillery in Rothes in 1840. Um, they continue to distill here, uh, to this date in fact, but not them. Uh, the last brother to die was James. And James was an innovator, a politician, uh, and a distiller. His brother John was just a distiller who stayed at the distillery, distilled, and created the wonderful Victorian garden behind the distillery. James, on the other hand, uh, moved and built a house in Elgin, which is now the Royal Hotel in Elgin. Um, He did that because he was the mayor or provost of Elgin from 1846 to 1860. Now, during that time, uh, he, he was very important because he set the rates for the farmers, the, the industry, uh, and he was highly respected because he, in 1852, funded the steam railway line from Lossiemouth to Elgin, and the first train came in in 1852. He was heralded a, a, a great guy for giving them public transport, and then he continued that to Rothes, and in 1858, the first train came into Rothes. So from Lossiemouth, the deep sea port then, up to Rothes, Glengarn Distillery, he had his own supply train. In 1852-58, where did the cars come from? Spain, Portugal. They didn't come from America. How did they get here? By boat. So they came in by boat to Lossie and up to him. The coal to fire the stills and heat the stills came from the south of Scotland by boat. 
and from Lossiemouth to Rothes is the Lake of Murray, which is the most fertile barley growing area in the northeast of Scotland. So he picked up his barley as well. So he was a very, very shrewd businessman. He didn't stop there. In 1861, he did something that the Scottish government have been doing this last few years, and they, they think they're the first, I think, because uh, in 1861, he generated electricity at Glen Grant by taking the water from the cooling process for the stills through a water turbine into a battery park, lit the distillery, lit his mansion house, and gave one light to the village of Rothes. So he was very much an innovator. He died in 1872 and handed it over to his son, who was called the Major. He was a different person. He, um, he was young. He was 25 years of age. He was left at the store. He had trained loads of money, I say. Uh, he didn't need to worry. But he still had that innovative gene in him like his father. So in 1873-74, he introduced purifiers into the distillation process, which changed the character of the product dramatically. Now, I don't think for a minute he understood what he was doing because he had plenty of money to, not to worry about it, but it was the finest thing he did. So we now have this lovely fruity estuary space-eyed malt. So speaking about innovations to Glen Grant, you previously mentioned the stills that James Grant created. How were the stills unique and what sort of characteristics do they give the final product? Certainly. Uh, stills are uniquely different. Stills, I say, are like people. They're all different. Shapes and sizes. So that gives you the character of your spirit. And by introducing purifiers up on the neck of the still made the spirit much lighter and fruity and estery. So that's what he did with that. Um, the two most important things and for me in defining the character of, of a single malt is the still distillation this distillation process, that's the still, the shape, the size, the distillation flows, and the type of wood that you use for maturing it. Can you tell us what casts you do use primarily for your maturation process? Predominantly at Glen Grant we use bourbon American wood, which gives us a sliced creamy, toffee, fruity uh, spirit. Um, but we do use a percentage of sherry casks as well because Glen Grant, like all other distilleries in 1840 up to the 1960s when bourbon was really uh, in its heyday and it started in the industry, uh, everyone used sherry or port casks. So what are some primary focal points that visitors tend to get to see during a tour? Um, do they get to go into the warehouse to see some of the casks that you mentioned? Yeah, they, they get the, they get the full treatment really if they, if they wish it. You know, they they get a tour of the distillery to see the process, which is a generic process like everyone else: the milling of the malt, the the mashing, the the, the, the fermentation, and the distillation. And then they take them into a warehouse and and actually a little area inside a warehouse to let them feel the difference in the temperature and see how the casks are maturing slowly. And after that, they 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 have a tasting where they where it's a it's a responsible drinking tasting because they 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 help themselves actually to a tasting of the major reserve and then they get a taste of the 10 year old after that they can have a coffee in the coffee shop or they feel free to to wander through the victorian garden which is 27 acres in size one of the features that i find actually quite unique 
are the gardens that you mentioned that sit alongside the distillery. How did they come to be? It was his uncle John who created the garden. James was the innovator. John stayed at the distillery, produced, run the distillery and created the garden. It's when when the young major took over in 1872, he loved the garden as well. So in his travels all over the world, he brought back different types of plants, exotic plants, and tried to increase his garden. He also built greenhouses uh, behind the distillery, behind his mansion house, to grow grapes, peaches, melons, all these exotic fruits. What would you say to someone who's maybe coming into whiskey or wanting to try it for the first time and they visited Glen Grant? Uh, what would I say? I, I would say the first thing to do is, is, is go on a tour, understand the process, respect the the distillery, the industry, and be responsible with how you consume it. Do you have any favourite places to visit along the Mount Whiskey Trail or within the Speyside region that you can recommend for people to look out for? Yeah, it's quite simple. That's quite very, very simple. The Speyside Whiskey Trail is the heart of the whiskey industry because there's almost 50% of the industry there. Glen Grant's the heart of Speyside, but Speyside is not just the whiskey trail. Speyside is the larder of Scotland, really, because you can get shooting, you get fishing, you've got Baxter's, you've got Johnston's Woolen Mills, you've got Walker Shortbread, you've got an abundance of, of, of things to see and, and do, and it's an amazing place to be. What would you say is a focal point for people to experience while they're traveling along the Malt Whiskey Trail? Well, you, ju- you just said it yourself, you know, that we're on the Malt, Malt Whiskey Trail, and the Malt Whiskey Trail is an excellent trail to be part of because you, you see, you can go to various distilleries, see the differences at different distilleries, so I think Glen Grant uh, benefits uh, hugely from the Malt being part of a member of the Malt Whiskey Trail. Well, thank you, Dennis, for sitting with me today and discussing Glen Grant. I've certainly learned so much walking around with you and talking with you today. Come back often and feel free to leave a review and add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at TheMWT, Instagram and Facebook at The Malt Whiskey Trail for latest news, offers, and some exciting promotions. All links are in the show notes.